0: Hey there, folks. Rob Hessler here with another episode of Art on the Air, my weekly Savannah Morning News and Do Savannah special. Thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate you listening. Got a really wonderful interview lined up for you this week again. I spoke with Olivia Beaumont. She is an artist whose work is currently available for viewing down at Gallery 209 and Signature Gallery here in Savannah. She's also got a very strong online presence at oliviabeaumont.com. And she paints anthropomorphic animals in Renaissance and medieval poses. So it kind of reminded me a lot of sort of characters from fantasy literature, She was highly influenced by Beatrix Potter, The Wind and the Willows, Winnie the Pooh, those kind of things. Although her paintings are much more inspired by folks like Rembrandt and the painters of that era. They're really highly detailed and really intricate. And she was absolutely delightful in this interview. I think you're gonna really enjoy hearing about her process her works, the sort of fun, whimsical nature of them, and then also how she's worked really hard to establish herself as an independent artist. It's a really great story. Wanted to mention, as always, you can catch past episodes of Art on the Air and my corresponding Art Off the Air column, as well as all of the writing I do for Do Savannah and the Savannah Morning News at savannanow.com in the entertainment section. Last week, I spoke with Sada Mitchell about her incredible exhibition, Record Air, over at the Telfer Museum's Jepson Center. And the week before, I had the opportunity to speak with Kelly Bamer, also at the Jepson Center, about her boxed in breakout project that she's got upcoming this July in the window boxes along Bernard Street. So, both great interviews, and again, you can catch them right here at savannahnow.com in the entertainment section. Let's get to this week's interview, however, with Olivia Beaumont talking all about her anthropomorphic animal pieces, her process, and her background. Enjoy. Rob Hessler here with Art on the Air Field Notes. I'm speaking by Zoom with Olivia Beaumont and we're gonna be talking about a lot of stuff um, regarding her work. And I wanna mention here, if you want to learn more about Olivia's work, you can go to oliviabeaumont.com. You can find her on Facebook at Olivia Beaumont Fine Art and also at Olivia Beaumont Fine Art on Instagram. And of course, Olivia, I sort of first saw your work in person over at Signature Gallery when I recently came for the 30-year anniversary celebration. You also have work at Gallery of 209. But let's kind of just take a a step back here. Why don't you just describe the work that you make? Because I'm a huge nerd, I'm going to admit. I read a lot of fantasy books. And I love anthropomorphic animals, especially ones that sort of have medieval and Renaissance sort of feel about them. So let's talk talk about your work. Talk about the kind of work that you make.
1: Yeah, anthropomorphic is the perfect word actually. Um, My work is very whimsical and very inspired by the children's literature that I loved when I was a little girl. That's what got me started was looking at um, the illustrations in the books that I loved, like Beatrix Potter, The Wind in the Willows, Winnie the Pooh, I just fell in love with that stuff when I was a kid. And um, as I kind of came back around to, out of art school to do what I wanted to do, um, I discovered, we kind of rediscovered that. (laughs) That whimsical place.
0: Well, that's so funny too, because like, you know, I know you have a, a very young child Yes. And I have to imagine, so like, but but you were doing this before you had a kid. So like, you know, I think it's kind of interesting because like, you're kind of keeping that childhood spark and in going into you. I bet you your kid loves your stuff. I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's three. And so she's, um, she is very in tune with what I'm working on and likes to give me tips.
0: <laughs> I want to ask you though, because like you said, influenced by, you know, you mentioned Beatrix Potter and some of, and Winnie the Pooh. I love that. And for those who don't know your work, I mean, it's very highly detailed. I mean, it's like, it's not, I mean, you say whimsical, you described it as whimsical. And I guess the feel of them is whimsical, but they look almost like, you know, sort of classic Renaissance style paintings. They're very like highly detailed. And there are pieces that like, I don't know if I would imagine them being, I mean, you you say influenced by, by, you know, like Winnie the Pooh, but. I don't know if I would say like any of these characters are like, they're more detailed than that.
1: Oh yeah. My um, life is not going to hit you that way. It's not going to hit you like Winnie the Pooh. I'm definitely coming from like a very playful place, but I'm an art history nerd and I love the Dutch Renaissance. I am in love with Vermeer mm. and Rembrandt. And so I spent as much time as I could while I was in oil painting classes, getting my degree, um, just just, after class, bugging my teachers about like how did they paint like this? This is how I want to paint. I want to paint the chiaroscuro, you know, the those rich dark backgrounds and the the richly lit um, figures. Mm. Um, so I I love the costume costumes of art history. I pull a lot from that, but it's very it's all done very playfully. So yeah, I've dressed my creations very ornately
0: (laughs) yeah let's talk about the clothing I mean and and the costuming because it is that's one of the I love the costuming I mean first of all just so people know these aren't like Disney-fied animals like they do have some level of human expression but they're not like they look like animals like they're not you know what I mean like if they didn't have the clothes on you might just think of like they could be just an animal in nature a lot of the time now sometimes they're a little bit more you know, humanistic, I guess you might say. Um, and they're obviously in human poses because they've got the, the clothing on like that. So like kind of go through the process of coming up with the clothing and, and doing all of the research. Like, let's take, take us through like the process of you making a painting where you know you're gonna say, you know, choose an animal, you're gonna choose these kind of clothes, like take us through that whole process.
1: <laughs> I get the question a lot how did you get that dog to sit there so long for you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. How
1: did you, get it to, how did you get it to dress up like that? I think I fall in love with an animal or I fall in love with a piece from art history first. Mm. Um, so let's say I've just fallen in love with the fox lately and I am just dying to paint a fox. <laughs> That's kind of like the beginning of my inspiration. Um, And then I will start kind of giving character in my mind to what are they like, what time period. I think I'm sort of writing a little story in my head as as I develop their character and write down to their name. You know, I know all the names of my pieces because they're like little characters that I've created with each painting. And I just love pouring through art history books that gives me inspiration. My very first piece in this series going way, way back to 2010 was called The Conspiration of the Beasts. And this was not a whimsical painting. This was me being dead serious. Mm. (laughs) Um, Inspired by a Rembrandt painting, The Conspiration of the Bataves. And I had just fallen in love with this painting. It was like my kind of aha moment of, these men around this table ready to go to war looked incredibly vicious and beastly and Rembrandt's painting had been rejected because of the way the men were portrayed. They weren't idealized and I just saw like animals and I just went down to Oatland Island and started like looking at the buffalo and the bison, looking at the coyotes, the wolves and just kind of like entering that world of Like what would these people be if they were animals?
0: (laughs) You know what, so I wanna just, you know, this is an audio interview, but we have the video on. And right when you were talking about that, you put your (laughs) fingers together in sort of this is like, ooh, evil, maniacal planning sort of way. And I love that because like, you can see how, when you're, you know, just in that sort of outward expression there of you kind of going back in that moment, it's like, you are engaging and like, you are creating a world. You're seeing this world around you. And I was sort of thinking about that. I was, that was one of the questions I had for you because like these characters, they feel like they inhabit a world. In fact, I was just looking at one here. Let me see if I can find this. Oh yeah, like King Otto Bristleton Third. I mean, like, first of all, what a noble name. And then like right next to it is Naming the Brew and there's a sloth and he's holding up this, like, you know, this glass of, of some sort of beer or, or mead or something and like looking at it and it feels like a world like it feels like there is like a place where these characters like almost like an alternative history where these characters are the ones who like rule over these like kingdoms and like do all of this this stuff and i i mean like i said i'm a huge i love fantasy literature So, like, for me, I'm like, oh, my God, this is, like, the nerdiest, awesome stuff. So, I mean, do you think of that? I mean, do these characters in your mind, do they, like, even interact? I wonder, because, like, at this point, you've done so many that timelines, like, interconnect.
1: Yeah, they do. So, I've also written a children's book, and it's a series of short stories that incorporates many of my paintings, and in some of the stories, I do have characters kind of you'll see interacting or coming in. I think in my story about Archer, I have um, an owl very similar to my owl, a rend that comes in and gives him some arrows. So yeah, I think I'm definitely creating a world, creating a story. And I love the idea of it kind of like just growing and growing and growing. And there's so many.
0: (laughs) That's so cool. And the name of the book is Tales from the Beautiful Mountain course you can find that on your website oliviabeaumont.com for people who are interested what's the beautiful mountain
1: that's beaumont
0: oh nice (laughs) right duh (laughs) (laughs) of course and
1: one of my stories features a very prominent mountain (laughs)
0: Oh, that's so cool. That is so cool. So now I think this is kind of interesting because we're talking about this stuff and I don't think you're planning on a drastic change from your style, but right now you are sort of working on a new body of work and you're getting ready to release this new body of work. So talk a little bit about the new body of work and how it relates to the stuff that you've done in the past. So
1: the new body of work that I'm working on is definitely very whimsically inspired. And I think it's kind of coming from a little bit of a breakaway moment for me because I do a lot of commission work and I love doing my commission work. It's so much fun, but there's nothing quite like feeling that fire of inspiration of like, Oh, I want to paint this and nothing Mm -hmm. will stop you until you get to that canvas and paint that. Um, so I've been wanting to do something really fun, really whimsical. And so along with my kind of little world (laughs) of whimsical, imaginary creatures, I've been starting this series of mermaids which are really fun because, you know, we're out here, Savannah, near Tybee. And we have, I have people all the time asking me like, where are the sea creatures? Everybody, Uh the galleries I'm with, of course, paint sea turtles and and things like that. And I'm just like, well, my sea creatures are going to be a little more (laughs) imaginary and fantastical.
0: That's awesome. I mean, I love that too. And I, I love that you're talking about sort of the difference between commission work and doing work that is for yourself. And I, and I think that I kind of want to transition here to talking about some of kind of like your career direction here, because, you know, you built this career, you're at Signature Gallery, it's a co-op gallery, Gallery 209, also a co-op gallery, you have Olivia where you have the ability for people to purchase works works directly from you and you're doing commissions, which is another, you know, sort of an in- income source that you have all of these different things. Talk a little bit about kind of how you built your career, because you said, you know, you did your first painting in this style in 2010. So, you know, you basically just passed a decade of kind of building and working on your career here and creating your, you know, your business, because you, this is a business, of course, is like working as an artist. How did you sort of build your career up here over the last 10 years? How did you go from just Making, oh, I just want to make these paintings for myself. To here's like I'm really building a business.
1: So I had just graduated, and I went to school out in California, and I made this very drastic move from um, West Coast California to East Coast Georgia. And I had come on a trip to visit some family, and just fell in love with Savannah. I was ready to be done with you know the LA traffic, and all that California brings <laughs> and so I knew that nothing would ever stop me from painting because it's just like in my soul I have to paint but it was my preference to you know I didn't want to go teach it to somebody else I wanted to do it <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I didn't get, I didn't go for my master's I just went ahead and stuck with my my BFA because I knew I probably wasn't going to teach it um and I I knew that pets um, was, was a really great market, just the the market of pets and pet portraiture. But of course, you can't be like have a big name if you're if you just do pet portraits. <laughs> so I actually I actually started looking into the pet portrait pet portrait side first, and at the same time as starting to build my series of what I initially started out as my Baroque Beasts.
0: Baroque Beasts, I love and
1: that. Yeah, that was my Baroque beast series. So I started to, to build that, and at the same time looking for, you know, pet portrait commissions. Um, and then I did the Telfair Art Fair in 2010. Mm. And, you know, showed my series for the first time, brought all the paintings out in the public and um, I had a wonderful response. I like sold out of my paintings. So nice. I, I really saw that what I was bringing to the table just on my own was gonna be received well. And of course, then the email started coming in, like I have a golden doodle and I would love to see them dressed up in the way that you've you know, uh-huh. done with regal animals. And And it just kind of clicked for me. I was like, oh, you know what? actually, I could do that. So most of my dog and cat paintings are commissions. And what's wonderful about it is, of course, there's so many breeds that people are coming to the galleries looking for. And so doing the commissions has helped me to kind of build my repertoire of, yeah, I've got a boxer, I've got a, a golden retriever. And, you know, people love that.
0: Yeah. And they have the opportunity to just literally pick up a print, like they stop into the gallery and they're like, oh, here's this, even if like they, you don't have the original anymore. I mean, that's, that's really great. You know, that's a really interesting story. It makes me wish we still had the Telfair Art Fair. I mean, that would be uh, that would be nice. Hey, Telfair people who are out there listening right now. Um, <laughs> we could definitely use um, more art fairs here in Savannah. That's a really cool story. And I think that you know, a lot of people can hear that. So, I mean, how did you ultimately kind of get involved in Signature Gallery and Gallery 209? Because That's a different way of doing it too. And it's an interesting way because, you know, there are many people who are sort of like opposed to the notion of the co-op gallery. But as I've been interviewing lots of artists recently, a lot of them have had great success by working together with other artists at in the sort of co-op structure to create an environment where their work can sell. And I know when I spoke with last name Sassine... Yes. And, and, and Kathy Miller, I, I, both of them, you know, mentioned that there are artists in that gallery space whose like whole livelihood is based off of like what they sell there in that space. And, and so like, it's a method that works. How did you kind of decide like, well, beyond just, oh, you're getting these commissions, but like I, you want to get out into a gallery space that, and in that specific way.
1: A wonderful local jeweler named Catherine Reichert reached out to me um, she had found my Etsy store online, which was my very first, you know, endeavor uh-huh. to represent my work um, before I even went to the tel fair. She had found my Etsy store and she reached out to me. And at the time she was part of a small co-op that was upstairs, um, City Market. And so I it had, you know, just kind of getting my feet wet. I started with that. And um, within a couple of years, I was invited to come down to River Street and join 209 and then i've only been with signature it might be going on 2 years now
0: mm, mm. i would love to hear you know people hear that because i i will admit that i would have kind of discounted that until the last couple of years like and now i see that there's like really is a lot of value and a lot of talent actually at those bases and actually this week i have a another article with um with an artist who's at uh, another a co-op gallery in town, at Cobo Gallery actually, which is another, you know, uh, co-op gallery in town, and and have found that there's a lot of paths there. So I wanted, this is going to say dovetail, but maybe I should say fishtail our way back to the new series here, because I wanted to follow up a little bit back with the the the, the mermaid series. I wanted to ask you, so you're working on them now. You're about ready to unleash this new series to the world. What are your plans for that? I mean, like, as far as, like, getting that out there, like, what are you thinking as far as how you're going to present that to the the viewing public?
1: Yeah, because I self-represent, I pretty much share what I'm working on through daily Instagram posts. And then usually a monthly newsletter will go out to let people know what I'm working on. Instead of working in that kind of traditional sense where you build a collection and hide it from the world... (laughs) Uh-huh. For months, and then have a big show because I self-represent I share what I'm working on as I go and when the paintings are complete they go online they're up for sale you know they go into the gallery they're, they're viewable on the wall um, and it's just a matter of you know if you like what I do you gotta pay attention <laughs> to when it's released there's I don't I just love um, kind of working organically that way And so, yeah, there's not really going to be like a pop-up or anything.
0: That's awesome though. And, uh, you know, as, and in fact, I think, you know, maybe we start wrapping up this interview and I think that's a perfect time, you know, before we do wrap that up, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Because I do think that you are a great follow. Actually. I've only, I'm really terrible with Instagram and stuff. I will admit, but I, I, like, since I started following you, I'll, like, notice, like, oh, here's a little video that's going up, or here's something that's happening, and it's, like, I feel like you're really good at engaging with your community of people who are followers, so if people are interested in learning more about you and your work, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Daily, you can check out my Instagram or my Facebook handle, at Olivia Beaumont Fine Art. You can also go to my website, oliviabeaumont.com. And then, if you're interested in the co-op galleries I'm a part of, which are very dear to my heart, gallery209savannah.com or signaturegallerysavannah.com.
0: Yeah, and I'll mention that um, Gallery 209 is at 209 East River Street, and then Signature Gallery, of course, is in uh, City Market, but that's at 303 West St. Julian Street. For people who are, you want to like Google that or whatever, and it's cool because it's on the ground floor. It's like actually like out on city market like you can pass by just walking through the middle of the uh, the area there so anyway olivia beaumont thank you so much we appreciate you coming on art on the air today to talk about your your practice and your work
1: thank you i've enjoyed it
0: that's all the time we have for this week's episode of art on the air with your host rob Hessler. listen every wednesday for our live show broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m eastern time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at WRUU.org. And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU Station Archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week, where we'll have another batch of art on the air.